RadioInfluence.com. Ho, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Forking Around Town podcast. And I just want to take this moment to tell everybody, I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing holiday weekend. Whether you celebrate Christmas or whatever else you choose to celebrate, I'm super excited. Christmas is one of my absolute favorite holidays of the year. And it's just, it's a nice time to relax, eat good food, and just kind of reflect on the year that's gone by. I don't have any plans. I'll just be home taking it easy. And actually what I am really looking forward to, which has kind of changed a little bit with um, some recent news, um, is the Steelers and Raiders game on Christmas Eve, which is marking the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Now, if you guys, most of you know, if you don't, I am an absolute diehard Steelers fan. I have been all my life. And I was really, really affected by the passing of Franco Harris because, you know, he's always he's always been one of my favorite Steeler personalities. Um, I obviously was very young when he played. I barely remember any of it. I mean, I'm 47. You know, he's definitely old enough, um, well, would have been old enough to be my dad. I think he was only a year younger than my dad. But I have such an incredible just history with my love of the Steelers. And I wanted to kind of share that with you guys because I have a couple special stories that definitely involve food. So I was really looking forward to seeing his jersey being retired and just that whole entire situation, that play, the Immaculate Reception, is something that I talk about often, especially with a lot of my fellow friends who happen to be not only Steelers fans, but I have a lot of friends that are Raiders fans, especially growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And of course, they, to this day, they still feel that the whole thing was a conspiracy theory. And there's so many interesting documentaries. If you guys are ever interested, I highly suggest you can go on YouTube. And it's kind of interesting to watch both sides of the story. So for me, that that game, I I really learned a lot about it when I got a little bit older. I mean, obviously, that game took place before I was even born. But growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area with so many Raiders fans, I was always tormented because there were so many Raiders fans out there. And if I ever wore anything Steelers, it was just, let's just say I got a little scared sometimes. Um, just a little fun fact. A lot of people don't know this. So all my years living in California, I never had anything really happen to me. I never had my apartment broken into when I was living in downtown San Jose. Never had anything really bad happen to me. I went back to visit and I think it was 2012. I don't really remember, but it was one of my visits back home. I had gone to a San Jose Sharks hockey game. Now, that the arena is only two blocks from a hotel that I used to work at. So I had gone to the game. I was hanging out in the hotel lounge with some friends and I had a phone call. Well, they had a jazz band playing, so I couldn't really hear. So I left my purse at the bar with my friends and I stepped outside and I was mugged. <laughs> and it was, um, it was such a surreal moment. I was literally on the phone and it happened so quickly the next thing I knew, I was on the ground. And these two guys came from behind me and they basically, they grabbed my phone, but they hit me in the back of my neck. But I didn't really get hurt because I had this really thick fur coat on that had a collar that, ironically enough, 
came from um, from Pittsburgh. One of my aunts had kind of a thrift store and it was from like the 1940s. I thought it was very fashionable. And I, ha- I to this day, had I not been wearing that jacket, I probably would have been seriously injured. But they, they knocked me down to the ground. I split my lip open. I think I busted my knee. And all I remember is looking up and seeing two guys in Raiders jackets and that's it. And I was in such a state of shock. I couldn't even, I couldn't even scream. And it was just, anyway, that's just my, one of my stories about Raiders fans. Love you guys, but we have this rivalry that's never going to go away. But one of my absolute favorite documentaries, and I really, even if you're not a football fan, if you like food, I highly recommend you watch it. It is the story of Franco's Italian army. So you guys have to just kind of imagine this. Um, you know, it's 1972. The Steelers have been horrible for the last 40 years. The documentary opens up with showing the stadium and just how the fans are just bored. They're sitting there, they're yawning, they're just not into it. And that was Franco Harris. It was his rookie year. So being that he was half Italian and half black, there were a group of guys that became Franco's Italian army. Now of these guys, one gentleman, his name was Tony Stagno. He was a baker in Pittsburgh who made some of the most incredible cookies from the stories I've heard. And his friend Alvento, who owned a pizzeria, which to, you know, to my knowledge is still open to this day. So they got together with a group of friends and decided they're, it's, it's really funny when you watch a documentary to actually hear them talk about it. They said, it's going to take an army to move this crowd. So they became Franco's Italian army. And they just started with, I think, four or five of them. And before you knew it, they grew. And they had the most amazing game time rituals that I've ever seen. So of course, back in the 70s, things were a lot different. They used to smuggle bottles of wine into the stadium. So for example, Alvento's son, it was his job to take loaves of bread and hollow them out and they would stuff bottles of wine into the bread and bring them into the stadium. So they'd be sitting there drinking wine out of plastic stem glasses, enjoying meat and cheese and just cheering on the Steelers. So they actually, and I don't want to ruin it because I really want you guys to watch the documentary, but they show something that kind of happened at the same time of the Immaculate Reception, which has to do with um, the Malocchio, which is part of the Italian culture, which is basically means evil eye. And again, I don't want to ruin it. I, it's, I highly recommend you guys watch it. Just Google it on YouTube. But it's just, it's a really neat story. And they actually inducted Frank Sinatra into Franco's Italian army. They were in San Diego for a game against the Chargers and they actually wanted to um, they wanted to kidnap John Madden <laughs> at one point. There were just some funny things that that they were doing back in those days that were just really, really interesting that definitely could not take place today. But when I watched this documentary probably about 21 years ago, it really just made me fall in love even more with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So a lot of people ask me, why are you a Steelers fan if you're from the San Francisco Bay Area? Well, my dad is from Pittsburgh. So, you know, I was born in 1975, and that was right during the time when they were, you know, in the midst of winning their four Super Bowls. And it was just, that was the team of our house, you know. And as a little girl, you know, my dad used to be in the restaurant business, and so I cherished those moments when he would actually be home watching football because that was 
kind of the only time I got to see my dad. He worked a lot of late nights and those were just special times. It was like he'd be cooking and I still to this day can just the scent of like Italian sausage and peppers and everything whenever the Steelers were on. So it brings back a lot of memories and that really is when my love of the Steelers began. Now, I do love the 49ers. Those were the Niners were actually my mother's football team. And I actually met many 49er players during my time living in California, um, one of which was Joe Montana. Um, one of, again, just wonderful person. And I just have to share that story with you guys because it is kind of funny. So I worked at this hotel, which I mentioned, same place <laughs> where I got mugged. Um, it's called the Hotel De Anza, absolutely beautiful hotel in downtown San Jose. And we had this lounge. It was called the Headley Club. I believe it's still called that. It's been a while since I've been there. But you walked in and it was just like walking into someone's living room. We had a big fireplace, lots of couches, and it was just a very elegant place. We had jazz bands that played live all the time. Uh, We served food from a limited menu from an Italian restaurant that was part of the hotel. So one Friday afternoon, I had a group of people from a bank next door and they came in, they were enjoying happy hour and they ordered a bunch of food. They were sitting at these two couches right in front of a fireplace. It was like a big coffee table. They had calamari, like roasted artichoke, just pizza, you name it. They had a little too much to drink and made a huge mess. I mean, there was marinara sauce all over the table. I mean, there was pieces of pizza on the ground. I mean, it was just kind of crazy. So I was frantically trying to clean it up after they left because I wanted to get ready for whoever else was going to come in because that was one of the best tables in the in the lounge. So I could feel somebody standing behind me and I was like, I'll be right with you. And I was kind of mad because they made such a mess. And I turn around and it's Joe Montana. And I was like, uh, oh my God, it's Joe Montana. And he looked at me and smiled. He goes, take your time. And he was with his wife and another gentleman and they were just incredible, incredible people, super nice. They were just constantly telling me, don't worry, take your time. We're here for you. It was awesome. And to this day, I still have the tip that he gave me. I, it was a $50 bill. I never spent it. I still have it, kept it for all these years. But anyway, so going back um, to the Steelers, I have just such a history with them. And both my brother and I were born during years that they won a Super Bowl. And so were both of my children. So my history with this team goes way back and they will always have a very special place in my heart. And when it comes to my favorite players of all time, um, going back to the 70s, definitely, definitely Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris. Now, Franco and I share a birthday, March 7th. So there's so many cool things. And he is one of those people that I always wanted to meet. So when I heard about his passing, it just, it really affected me. I thought to myself, you know, how, how can this be? He was just on TV. He looked great. He sounded great. And I didn't know of anything that he was dealing with, any sort of an illness. Um, I'm sure we'll find out obviously in the next coming weeks, but just very sad that he passed away just days before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So I'm going to definitely be watching the game on Christmas Eve, and um, it's going to be a little bit different and definitely very sentimental. So I think it's going to be one of the most watched games of the holiday weekend, and um, I'll be watching that and also the Cowboys and the Eagles, and I really hope the Eagles can beat those boys. But anyway, um, 
again, I just, uh, I get real emotional thinking about it, but that's, that's really my, my story as to why I love the Steelers so much. And if you guys watch the documentary on Franco's Italian army, you're just going to see the love and the passion that they had for this team. And that is one of the things that I value most is loyalty. And that's why I struggle sometimes with people who get so mad when their team is not doing well, because it's to me, that's not being a loyal fan. And these gentlemen in Franco's Italian army were definitely loyal fans. Now, when it comes to Christmas, one of my favorite memories growing up was always the feast of the seven fishes on Christmas Eve. My dad used to always invite some friends over. He would do the traditional Italian seafood dinner. And it was always one of my favorite things about the holidays. So I'm a little bit torn this year. I think I'll I'll actually be alone on Christmas Eve because my my children, it's their turn to be with their dad. They'll come to my house on Christmas. So I'm probably going to go to an Italian restaurant someplace in Tampa Bay. I have three options that I'm going to decide on and enjoy the feast, excuse me, the feast of the seven fishes. If you guys aren't familiar, it's just an Italian custom. Um, <laughs> my son actually asked me, he's like, is it, are there really seven types of fish? And for the most part, there are, uh, Cafe Chibo in St. Petersburg. Um, Mr. Frank Scatino, good friend of mine. He's actually put together a fantastic menu that he does every year. So he's got some grilled octopus and his famous crab cakes. And, um, if you guys, aren't familiar with Cafe Chibo in St. Petersburg. Frank is from Baltimore, so his crab cakes are phenomenal. And then he also does a seafood chipino with, you know, calamari and cod and all kinds of stuff. And then he has some, you know, some different desserts. So that's definitely an option on my list. I also really enjoy Bocelli Italian restaurant in South Tampa. If you guys have not been to Bocelli, it is on Bayshore and Interbay, very close to McDill Air Force Base. Wonderful place. Um, It's kind of my neighborhood spot. I actually spent last Christmas Eve there, but I had gone to an event just beforehand, so I wasn't super hungry. So I went with a couple friends. We sat at the bar, had some drinks, and enjoyed some pizza and some, I think, some bruschetta and some stuffed mushrooms. So whatever you guys are doing for this holiday, I hope it is delicious and you get to spend time with friends and family. I really enjoy cooking on Christmas day. That's what I did last year. I made a wonderful pumpkin pasta. Now the pasta was not pumpkin flavored. It was the sauce that I made. And I got the recipe from one of my favorite Instagram profiles, which is Daniela's dish. I will be tagging them in a post because I'm definitely going to make this pasta again. This is a mother and daughter duo from Philadelphia They have recipes every single day. They specialize in Italian cuisine. They also throw a few other things in there, but they are just, honestly, if I need to cook something, I go to their Instagram for inspiration. They do such an incredible job, and I'm hoping to have them on my podcast in 2023. They are just wonderful women. Everything that they do looks like it came right out of a magazine. Hold on. And for Next week, you guys, I'm really excited to have a guest. So I'm going to be closing out this year, food related, of course. So one of the things I I always tell you guys that I love so much about Instagram and social media are the people that I get to meet and come across their accounts, and I'm always inspired by them. 
And this girl, I'm not going to give you too much information. I want to save it for next week. But her name is Rebecca. And Rebecca caught my eye because she reviews all different types of potato chips. She finds the most obscure brands and flavors I have ever seen. And one day I was looking... um, If you guys remember, I featured Dick's potato chips on my podcast a few months ago. And as I was looking, you know, through Instagram for different types of chips, her account popped up and she really caught my eye because she had the most adorable pair of potato chip bag earrings on. And I thought, this girl is really cool. You know, she every day, practically, she's talking about a different type of potato chip and it's just really neat. And I thought, I've never really seen that before. And she's found some incredible products and I've actually ordered things based on her reviews on these chips. And I just, I love when people do that, when they share their honest opinion instead of just doing a post. She's very honest about everything that she tries. Her reviews are just spot on. And I have to say, like, I I can't wait to have her on so we can talk about some of the chips that we've both, um, that she's had, that I've had and vice versa. We've swapped some information and I think you guys are really going to enjoy hearing our conversation and you're definitely going to want to give her a follow. Chips are just one of those things that they're perfect for parties and you know with New Year's Eve and New Year's Day coming right around the corner it's um, a perfect day to enjoy chips before all of us start in with those New Year's resolutions and trying to eat healthy and lose weight. So another question I had um, a lot of people that that follow me on Instagram and I had a few people say, can you please talk about this in a podcast? They asked me, how in the heck have I been sticking to all of my my fitness and clean eating routine during the holidays? Well, it really is not difficult at all. Um, people look at me and tell me I'm crazy, but I'm going to tell you guys something. And I will share more of this in the new year. I've actually got some wonderful fitness people that I've been talking to and we're going to share some secrets. But one thing that you guys that I have really learned, um, I've tried everything at least once and I failed many times over the last 10 years on different things I was doing. You know, everybody's different with your body. As we get older, you know, it's harder to eat like we used to eat. I was always very lucky. I used to be able to pretty much eat whatever I wanted. I mean, before I had kids, I think I weighed 118 pounds. Now I'll, I'll say it proud. It doesn't matter. Cause like I said, I, you can't go by weight. I weigh 150, but I'm also lifting weights. I'm in the gym five to six days a week doing weight training. So I can't look at the scale like I used to, because it really doesn't matter. It's how my clothes fit. I can honestly say that I feel right now I am in the best shape that I have been in the last like five years. So for me, I used to always think low carb, cut out the bread, cut out the carbs. That is how you lose weight. Does it work? Of course it does. For most of us, if you're just eating, you know, lots of protein and vegetables, you're going to drop weight. The problem is it is so unhealthy for your body. Your body really needs to have those carbs. Now, again, I'm not an expert and that's why we'll have somebody as a guest who will be sharing a lot of this important information with you guys. But what I've been doing is, and this is why I don't feel deprived and I think why I'm having success is I started off doing everything the right way. I, I sat down, I wrote down what my goals were. My goals never ever included a certain number on the scale. 
I just wanted to fit into clothes that I've had for quite some time that I couldn't fit into. I wanted to feel strong. I wanted to feel energetic. I wanted to, you know, kind of work on some of those troubled areas, such as like my arms or something I struggle with, uh, especially because I have a bad shoulder. I post videos all the time showing my struggles when I'm in the gym. But it honestly took me about six weeks to really start to notice a change. And the first couple of weeks, I was frustrated. I thought, I'm, I'm eating good. I gave up alcohol. I'm not eating any like really processed foods or sugars. I'm, I'm eating super clean. Why am I not losing weight? Well, after the second month of doing this, I had a huge drop in my weight. And I started off, you guys, at 172 pounds. Do you know that is the most I have ever weighed, except for when I was pregnant with my son. Um, when I got pregnant with my son, again, I was very thin. I weighed 100 and about 118, 120 pounds. I think I weighed, I'm just going to guess, I don't really remember. I want to say 178 when I went in to give birth to him. I struggled ever since then. I never was able to get back to the weight that I was before having kids. And then, you know, things happen in life. Um, right before I got pregnant with my daughter, I had gotten pretty thin. I think I was down to 135. So that was kind of my new low weight, I guess you would say. Um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, it was very different. I never looked like I was pregnant from behind. Um, with my son, you could tell. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I got wide with her. I just had a little, it was like a little basketball in front of me and I really didn't gain a whole lot of weight. And I was, I was good after having her. I actually maintained a low weight, but once I hit 40 and I'm now 47, I started to really notice changes and I felt like, you know, I would still eat. I mean, that's, I was right kind of in the midst of my food blogging journey and then shortly after Instagram. So that's really when it began for me in 2010. I was going to restaurants all the time. And after a while, I just, I, I couldn't eat like I used to. So I went into this whole phase that I call it my new phase of life because this is how I plan on living the rest of my life. And at first I thought, I'm going to lose weight right away, like doing keto or something like that. And no, it didn't happen. But now I understand and patience is one of the most important things that you can have when you are trying to make a change in your lifestyle in, you know, whether it's you just want to drop a few pounds or you want to clean up your diet, you have to have patience. So I'm at the point now, my body loves the fact that I'm working out and I'm actually, if I wake up in the morning I want to go to the gym. It truly makes me happy. If I don't go, like when the when Hurricane Ian was coming through and my gym was closed, I was so depressed. Of course, I have stuff at home where I can kind of do a makeshift workout, but it's really, it's been such an important part of my life and I wouldn't change this for anything for, you know, the way that I feel. But I go out, I have bread, I have pasta. I don't eat it every day, but it doesn't affect me. You know, I can, like last night for dinner, I had a big dish of homemade pasta that I made and I slept like a baby. And then I woke up today and I feel great. So I'm going to go to the gym in a little bit and do my thing. And I'm maintaining. If I feel that, you know, after the holidays, I will tighten things up a little bit, but I'm enjoying myself. The only thing I'm not doing is I'm not drinking. Um, 
for me, it's just one of those things I feel that it kind of has the tendency to kind of go a different way with me. So it's like, oh, let me have some wine. And then I find that when I do have drinks, it makes me want to eat more, especially late at night. And that's where I've always had problems. So just by eliminating alcohol from my from my diet right now, I'm telling you guys, I love it. I enjoy all the foods that I want to have. I don't have any type of like phobia about gaining weight and it's, it works. So we'll talk about this more in the new year. But like I said, as of today, I am down 20 pounds from basically September 20th. We'll go with that because, um, I started on this journey on August 29th, but I had my car accident like a few days after that. So that kind of hindered my working out for almost a month. But once I started working out and just really focusing on that more than anything, that's when, you know, it started to really, it, it just helped me tremendously. I sleep better. I'm more focused at work. I feel that I'm just, in every aspect of my life, things are just getting better. And I've never been happier than I, than I have been these last three months, I have to say. For me, working out is the greatest feeling. And I just want to continue with this. I don't want to look back. I don't want to ever go back to what I was doing before. And again, we'll talk about this more in the new year. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend. We will be back next week to close out the year talking with Rebecca and different types of chips. So I hope you guys, you know, stay safe, enjoy the holidays, and I wish you all a very wonderful weekend. And thank you again for listening. Don't forget, a new episode comes out every Friday on RadioInfluence.com or wherever else you'd like to go to download and listen to your favorite podcasts. Mm-hmm.